Turn with me this morning to the first chapter of the book of Leviticus for a beginning. <clears throat> I come here this week. Uh, I was prompted once again by the 22nd Psalm. <clears throat> David said he was brought to the dust of death. <clears throat> we all somewhat are that. Brother Lee and I was talking a while ago with Mark one more week. We got to where we scratch them off. You know, <laughs> we, we have to count them. We you know, got a new beginning this morning. We'll try one more. Maybe. Maybe Lord come back and we won't have to work on another one. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I did get a compliment this morning. Uh, got a haircut and all that too. I was trying to look neat <laughs> when I come this morning. Uh, Brother Bruce and I I believe it was last Sunday we kind of got in a little short conversation. Bruce just told me about on his way up here, he got thinking about how the Lord was spirit uh, and Jesus Christ is spirit. And we got the Holy Ghost is spirit. What a, what a mind-boggling thing. That's what he is talking about. We, we can't hardly wrap our minds around all that we can't we can't think that deep really but come here this morning uh, talking about the spirit and the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made through the spirit he was holy helpless and undefined he come and took on the flesh of man. And yet in all that he was still holy, harmless, and undefiled. No defining of the flesh. The reason for that was the spirit. He is maintained by the Father. By the Holy Spirit also. The three in one. They're all dislocked together. There we can't hardly we can't hardly fathom how that could really be. They'd be that close together. And then we look at the sacrifices. Lord came and he took on the flesh and he sacrificed it. The whole thing. All the flesh. It had it had to totally be consumed. It couldn't be any little bit of it left. It had to be absolutely pure. Beginning in verse 1, he said, And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of a conversation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock, if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the head, let him offer a male 
without blemish. This, once again, this is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ himself without blemish, holy, helpless, and undefiled. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will. Another important thing here he done as it was commanded, offered it voluntarily, came eager to offer himself. Offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be ascended for him to make atonement, accepted for him to make an atonement for him, and he shall kill a bullock before the Lord and the priest. Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood found about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into his pieces. And the sons of Aaron and the priests shall put fire upon the altar and the wood in order upon the altar. And this is all important. It had to be cut in pieces and placed exactly right on it and the fire built in around it so that it would be consumed. Couldn't be anything left. It had to be totally consumed. And the priest and Aaron's son shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. And his inwards and his legs shall be washed, as shall he wash in water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet smelling odor a sweet savor unto the Lord. Yeah, the opposite of that was smoke in his nostril. But this is sweet smell because it was his only begotten son in whom he is well pleased. It was offering himself upon that altar. They'd be consumed. But but his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water. It's got to be clean. Even to be offered, it has to be clean. It's holy, harmless, and undefiled. Holy, holy. All on the altar to be burnt sacrifice and offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. So it's got to be holy. And if the offerings be of the flocks, namely the sheep of the goats or the burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it to a male without blemish. And he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward about the Lord, before the Lord and the priest 
Aaron's son shall sprinkle his blood round and upon the altar had it be consecrated. It had to also be clean, a clean place. Couldn't be offered just on anything. It'd be a clean place. And he shall cut it into pieces, pieces in his head and his fat. <laughs> Nowadays, we're going to get rid of that fat. I'm kind of, I kind of understand this. I kind of like the fat. It's sweet. It's a sweet savor. The fat. Yeah, we'd throw it away today. Most people cut it off and throw it away. No, I kind of like it. And it's fat. And the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is up on the altar. And he shall wash, there we go again, it's got to be clean, the inward parts and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring it all and burn it upon the altar. And it is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord, the smoke of it. You understand the sacrifice. It, it, the whole point of it is it's going up. It's, it's smoke going up, all right, a sweet savor unto the Lord. And it must be continual. Can't be any breaks in it. It's got to be a continual offering. That's where whatsoever you do, where you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it unto the Lord, a continual sacrifice, the sacrifice of our lips. It's all we got. We don't have anything else. Nothing pure like this sacrifice. But even then, we must be washed before we can come to the door of the tabernacle where the altar even is. We must be clean. Must be clean that we could enter in and offer the sacrifice. In the book of John, 19th chapter. <clears throat> verse 32 the, the sacrifice had been offered I said it had to be consumed it had to be totally consumed nothing left that's what where the David is talking about death the dust of death it had to be to dust dust thou art dust thou shalt return anything that's fleshly must go back to the earth. Said then came the soldiers, this is at the crucifixion, and break the legs, to break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. And when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers 
with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there, came there out blood and water. And he saw it bear record. And his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true. That ye might believe. These things were done that scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of hell shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith they shall look on him whom they pierce. So what was the point? In their mind they had to make sure he was dead. The scripture had to be fulfilled. Also they pierced his side and outflowed the blood and the water. The last bit of life that was there. It flowed out of him up on the ground. And he said it was finished. It's finished. He come to do the will of the Father and he followed that commandment. Lord will come in the volume of the book to do thy will, O God. And he gave of himself. He spilt the last bit of life. Life of the flesh, that is. Where we come to some of my thinking, and I don't, I don't have any real scripture to back some of this up, so you can take it or leave it, but be in the Spirit. Over and over it says that the grave could not hold him. Why? That's what Bruce and I was talking about the other day. It couldn't hold him because he was spirit. Jesus Christ was spirit. What he was shedding forth was the flesh that he had kept also wholly harmless and undefiled, the flesh. That's the reason he could offer it because it was pure. It was a pure offering. He had maintained that all his time time here upon this earth he maintained through the spirit and he kept the law to the fullest extent and then offered himself one that was without spot and without blemish upon the cross but yet they had to try to make sure they won't be sure this man was dead <clears throat> I thought of the same thing about the temple. <laughs> the Jews thought they'd get that temple built. They'd lock Christ up in it. Put God in his place and hold him there. And that's what they thought they were doing here to kill, kill the Lord of glory. And hold him in that place of death. So he'd have no more power over him. They didn't realize the spirit liveth. <clears throat> Life's in the spirit. The resurrection was of the spirit. Hmm. We we can't hardly we can't hardly fathom that. That how that the spirit could just live on. 
and not falter one bit. Back in Leviticus again, the ninth chapter. <clears throat> Verse 22. And Aaron lifted up his head toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and burnt offering and peace offering. Offerings, multiple. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire from before the Lord, and it consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat. There's that fat again. which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell upon their faces. What a sight, what a sight. Blessing of the Lord had come in one way, it come in fire, and it consumed, but the God himself had to pour out the last bit upon the Lord Jesus Christ the last bit that he had, the whole sacrifice, the whole burnt offering, not just part of it, but the whole of it, everything that Jesus Christ had, he gave it up for his people, save his people from their sin. And he laid it down upon the cross of Calvary. So the fire came and it consumed the whole thing. In the sixth chapter, then back to the middle. In verse 8. Leviticus 6 and 8. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is a burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment. Here again, see, he can't, it has to be undefiled. He can't enter just any kind of way. He can't handle this just any kind of way. He has to present himself as clean. Put on the linen garment, his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh. And take of the ashes which the fire had consumed with the burnt offering on the altar and shall put them beside the altar. <clears throat> and he shall put off his garments, and put on other garments, and carry forth the ashes without the camp, 
unto a clean place. To a clean place. Even in the ashes, he was wholly harmless and undefiled. And it must remain that way. The priests had to carry them outside of the camp and put them in a clean place. So then the ashes later, we, we don't have time to get in that, but it would be to make up a water of separation of people that were to use a clean, undefiled ashes. So they had to get them out of the camp. The camp was defiled. The people were defiled. That's the reason he come to offer himself to take away that sin of the people. Holy, harmless, and undefiled. In the book of Acts, Second chapter of the book of Acts. Verse 29. <clears throat> Peter's preaching. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. That's kind of where we started, wasn't it? David, he said, it had been brought to the dust of death. That he is both dead and buried. And this sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Seeing, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. He kept it wholly harmless and undefiled. And this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise, this is where we're really looking this morning, the promise of the Holy Ghost. What's going to resurrect him? What's going to resurrect you and I? The Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord has said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God, who hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He hath made him and set him forth to be a propitiation for the people. 
offered himself up on the altar was resurrected in the newness of life in the spirit. He was spirit. When he come forth the resurrection is spirit. It's also a pattern of what we'll be if we come forth from the resurrection. In the resurrection. Be spirit. No more life. All truth. Now is the time of truth. It has come forth from the grave, testifying always. In the book of Luke, fourth chapter. In verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the regions about, and he taught in their synagogue, being glorified of all. And when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. So look at there. He had one of his favorite. Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit. The Spirit. He couldn't be holding because of the Spirit. The Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach the deliverance of the captives to the captives and the uh, recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. And they was all watching him, wondering, who is this? Who is this that speaks so freely? <clears throat> Another place, talking about the Spirit, I believe, Bruce, and I might have mentioned that the other day. Uh, he was in the room and the door was shut. We won't, we won't go there this morning, it's simple. The door was shut. They, they particularly mentioned the door was shut. And he come right through the wall and was in the midst of it. Spirit walked through that wall. Not flesh and blood. He had given that up for his people. He had laid it down in the book of Hebrews, ninth chapter. 
think in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, hadn't been any break in that, eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, this cause, he is a mediator of a New Testament by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Inherit a kingdom. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be a testator by the death of the testator for the testament is a force after men are dead otherwise it has no more strength until all the while the testator liveth whereupon neither the first testament was desiccated without blood for when Moses had <clears throat> spoken every precept to all the people according to the law he took the blood of calves and of goats and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkle both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood no remission. It is therefore necessary that the patterns of things, see, ye build it according to the pattern. When there's building a tabernacle, that's what he cautioned them about. See, ye build it according to the pattern. So all these patterns that we have, they're good to teach us about the Lord Jesus Christ coming and giving himself, that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices in need. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, not of any fleshly thing, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as many high priest entered into the holy place every year with bloods of others. For then must he have, have often uh, have suffered <laughs> since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of itself. And he said it's ordained unto every man who wants to die. And then he didn't stay finished there. He said, but after this, the judgment. So Christ 
was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. That's what he come for, wasn't it? Put away sin. Take it from his people. So that we might have life through his name. He came to save his people. He is totally consumed upon the cross. And then we have the picture of being totally consumed by the fire. The fire is an all-cleansing thing. We're told the whole earth's going to be cleansed with it. By fire. And he came, and he suffered, and he gave up everything that was in him for you and I. Can't get any better than that, can you? Holy, helpless, and undefiled. That's who he was without sin. That he might resurrect the people that are without sin. I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. I'm going to give them a fleshly heart. A spiritual heart, if you will. And in the resurrection, it'll all be spiritual. Of the Spirit. He was health of the Spirit. We too walk in spirit. And in truth, if we worship in a proper manner, we come before him in truth. By the Spirit, and must put that in there too, by the Spirit. Wasn't any of our doing, but it was by the Spirit. And death could not hold him because he was Spirit.